Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Hello, friends. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. We're coming live to you today with our scripture reflection and time of prayer for the day. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for sharing this video, passing it along to others. Thanks for leaving your prayer intentions, as we invite you to do each time, so that we can all know how to pray for you more specifically uh, as we gather together as the body of Christ. I want to uh, share with you a passage from Matthew chapter 7. So let's come into the presence of the Lord together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we rejoice in, in the gift of another day. We rejoice in the gift of life. We rejoice in the celebration of life. Uh, this uh, year now after Roe v. Wade has been swept away and all the evil along with it, but we know, Lord God, that, that you continue to call us to speak out even more loudly and to work even more uh, emphatically for the protection of the most defenseless. Enable us to do so, Lord. Enable us to love them with all our mind, heart, soul, and strength, just as we are called to love every other human being as well. Let our unborn brothers and sisters not be forgotten. Let them not be dropped out of the equation. Uh, let us, Lord God, indeed Make up for the lack of attention that they receive, for the lack of love that they get, for the lack of protection that they enjoy. We ask forgiveness for any failure in love, uh, and we ask forgiveness for any other kind of sin that we've been guilty of. We know, Lord God, that every day we sin and that every day we repent. And so we repent anew, filled with confidence that your grace not only forgives our sins, but makes us a new creation in Christ, and it is in his name, the only Lord, the only Savior, it is in his name that we pray, amen. So Matthew's gospel begins this way in chapter 7. Jesus said to his disciples, stop judging, that you may not be judged. For as you judge, so you will be judged, and the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove that splinter from your eye, while the wooden beam is in your eye? You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first. Then you will see clearly to remove the splinter from your brother's eye. Well, this is a powerful gospel passage and an often misquoted one, too, as you well know, because when we try to assert moral truth and call people to do what is right, many people say to us, the Lord said, don't judge. Well, obviously, we have to judge actions. Otherwise, this very command not to judge wouldn't make any sense. Obviously, we have to know the difference between right actions and wrong actions. Obviously, we are called to understand the difference between virtue and sin. Otherwise, we wouldn't be even be able to say, do not judge. Because the implication there is, it's wrong to judge. And that's a judgment. So unless our Lord himself is contradicting himself and getting us into a, 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 
an irrational moral dead end, which of course he's not doing, obviously we need to be able to judge the difference between right and wrong. So that's the first point. But secondly, let's probe here what he's saying. You know, love doesn't only express itself in giving somebody a loaf of bread. We have to be generous in our giving. We give to the poor. We defend the unborn. I know many of you are involved, as am I, in the pro-life movement. We give to others that time that they need. We give. Love is expressed in giving, right? Ultimately, no greater love does someone have than to give their very lives. But the generosity with which we give is only one expression of love. There has to be generosity in how we speak about one another, not just what we give to somebody. Here, I'm going to give you $100 because you need it. But what do I say about you? What do I say to you? We have to be generous with our tongue. Scripture warns us about the sins of the tongue. And, and this is something that this is based on, we have to be generous in the way we think about others. Love means generosity to others in how we think about them, in how we speak about them and to them, and in how we act towards them. The generosity of giving, it's in all three of those areas. And what this passage about do not judge means is not some moral relativism, is not some doctrinal agnosticism, it's not some invitation to write your own commandments and to excuse every kind of wrongdoing. What this means is be generous in your mind. Be generous in the way you think about others. That's what Jesus is getting at. And he says, because the way you're generous to somebody else and how you think about them is the way that you will be judged yourself. Doesn't that remind you of the Our Father? It's really saying something essentially the same as when we pray in the Our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The measure with which you measure will be used to measure you. It's the same thing. That's the teaching here. You know, you read in Mark's Gospel, for example, in chapter 12, when Jesus explains the great commandment. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And Paul repeats this uh, sentiment in uh, 2 Corinthians 10, where he says, bring every thought into captivity to Christ. This is what the Lord means by do not judge. He doesn't mean forget the difference between sin and virtue. He means when you're thinking about somebody else, give the best interpretation to what that person is saying or doing or, or as Patricia is saying in the, in the comments, I like the way you phrase it there, Patricia, we search our hearts before we speak. Remember, the Lord said, it reminds us, doesn't it, of another saying of Jesus, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So search your heart before you open your mouth. Great advice. The Lord says to us that we have to love the Lord and, and, and love our neighbor with all our mind. You know, I saw a YouTube. I, 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 I got to see if I can find it again out on YouTube. Maybe some of you have seen it. This was a while back that I, that I saw this video where it showed somebody, you know, going through the uh, activities of the day in a busy city, I think it was. 
and getting annoyed at the behavior of other people. Now, we all know what that's like, right? Every day we get annoyed by certain behaviors of other people. And we feel like they might have slighted us here or offended us there. Maybe someone cut us off in traffic. Maybe someone was uh, discourteous to us on the, on the, on the line in the, in the store. Whatever it might be. So they showed this person going through the course of the day, getting annoyed at the behavior of all these different people. And then they showed the clip again. But the second time they showed it, you saw these thought bubbles on top of the heads of everybody who was, you know, behaving in an annoying way. I can't believe I lost my friend in that accident last night. I just got this diagnosis the thought bubble said, of cancer. I'm so concerned about my sister going into surgery this afternoon. I can't believe, you know, I got my bank account stolen. And you you started to see what was going on beneath the surface. You know, we encounter somebody, even if it's somebody that we know, maybe it's somebody that we work with, maybe it's somebody that we worship with. And we only see the surface, unless they open up to us and tell us what's going on in their life. But we only see the surface. We don't know. This is what the Lord means by do not judge. Be generous in the way you think about other people. You see them acting a certain way. Bottom line is, you don't know why they're acting that way. And don't interpret people by via silence. Oh, I sent, I sent to Johnny an email. I didn't get any response from him. for uh, It's been three days now. I guess he doesn't like me anymore. Don't judge he doesn't like you anymore. He may be dealing with a situation where a relative is going into surgery. He may be dealing with an email that's malfunctioning. We don't know what's going on. Be generous. Be generous. Bring every thought into captivity to Christ. Don't jump to conclusions. Do not judge. You don't want them judging you like that. Remember, there's always these thought bubbles. And you don't see the words that are in the thought bubbles. Always give the most generous interpretations to people's actions. Now, don't fall into snapshot thinking either. Give people a chance to change. What do I mean? You may have had a bad experience with somebody. And I'm not saying that, 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 I'm not saying that they're not necessarily guilty. They may be very guilty of something bad against you. That's where the Christian doctrine of forgiveness comes in. But what I'm saying is you may have had a bad experience with somebody, or it may not have been even a direct experience. You may have read something bad about somebody and formed an impression in your mind about that person. Now, it may be accurate, or maybe mostly accurate, or it may be inaccurate. But the point is, no matter how accurate it is, don't freeze that person's identity in that moment of time. Remember, as time goes on, people change. Now, a lot of ways... A lot of people don't change, but in a lot of ways, a lot of people do. And give them breathing space to change. How many times do we find ourselves reacting to somebody today? And I don't necessarily mean in their presence. It might be reacting to that that person because somebody mentioned their name and you're talking with somebody completely different. And all of a sudden you say something about that person. Remember, love is... Not just generosity in giving, it's generosity in thinking, it's generosity in speaking. It's how we use our mind, how we use our mouth, how we use our hands. Don't react to that person today 
based on the negative impression you had about them last year or 10 years ago or 25 years ago. Because you're freezing that person in time. That person isn't where they were last year. They're where they are today. And you may not know anything about where they are today. And brothers and sisters, therefore, we be generous in, you know, the grace of God is, hasn't stopped pursuing the people in your life who maybe mistreated you or, you know, the, the grace of God, has the grace of God stopped pursuing you? The grace of God hasn't stopped pursuing them. And they may have long, long ago changed their way. Now, maybe they didn't. I'm not talking about being naive or unrealistic. I'm talking about being realistic. Don't freeze yourself or others in this snapshot thinking. Don't keep carrying the burden of past sins, not your own and not those of others either. Give people the generous grace to change. Even if you don't know that they've changed, give some breathing space to the fact that they may have changed. And the grace of God is well at work in them as it is in you. Final point, the Lord, and this goes back again to the first point, the Lord here is not saying not to judge the difference between evil and good. We have to be able to judge that and to proclaim that more strongly than ever before because our world is immersed in an unprecedented battle between good and evil. You know, it's a spiritual battle that manifests itself as a culture war, manifests itself as a political division. It's actually the battle between good and evil. And so the Lord says, remove the wooden beam from your own eye first. That means you always start by repenting of your own sins. Repent, repent of your sins. But then it says, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter from your brother's eye. The Lord has made us watchmen for the house of Israel. Remember Ezekiel chapter 37. You are watch, watchmen for the house of Israel. And do not miss that duty of fraternal correction. Right? It's one of the spiritual works of mercy. Admonishing the sinner. Paul says we have to be admonishing one another day by day. Yes, we have to be able to remove the splinter. The, the passage here doesn't mean, oh, pretend the splinter isn't there. The passage doesn't mean, oh, the splinter is there only if you think it's there, but if you want to be a relativist, you can redefine good and evil. Isaiah, in chapter 5, says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil who exchange darkness for light and light for darkness, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to them. Because you can't change the moral law. It is what it is. You need to be able to recognize it, and you need to be able to remove the splinter from your brother's eye. Now, there's a few big splinters that we've got to remove right now. I'm going to be commenting on this in other videos. But uh, once again, Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro, a deluded Democrat from uh, Connecticut, is she's at it again. Rosa, if by any chance you end up listening to this video, it's time for you to resign and to do so immediately. You are a disgrace. You've been a disgrace for decades, and you should have been out of office a long time ago because you're sinning. What's this? What this woman does is she gathers together her fellow Democrats, all of them as deluded as she is, as disgraceful as she is, because they are actually taking their, they're doing what Biden does. They're taking their Catholic faith, like Pelosi, putting it out on their, uh, on their, on their clothing. Oh, look at me. I'm a Catholic. Yeah, big deal. 
you're a disgrace because you're advocating for the killing of babies. Get out. You don't belong in the Congress. What she does is she gathers together these members of Congress and they sign letters. And they sign this, this statement. They call they dare to call it a statement of principles. And they say, we're standing up for the least among us. And meanwhile, they're, they're advocating for the right to, uh, uh, to abortion. They're advocating for the right to abortion, and they're claiming to, for themselves some kind of moral mantle. Look at us. We're standing for conscience. We're implementing our religious faith. And we are standing up for the least among us. Yeah, right. Advocating for the dismemberment of babies. They've done this before. They've done this in several different letters before, and Rosa DeLauro, disgrace there in Connecticut, uh, is the ringleader. Do you people realize how foolish you look? I mean, anybody can go to lookatabortion.org and see that you never describe what you defend. This is one of my key, my key arguments against these people. If you think abortion's so good, when are you going to tell your voters, start with your voters, okay? Because your job depends on them. What, 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 when are you going to, to uh, tell them what it is that you're defending? If what you're defending is so good, you shouldn't be ashamed to describe it, but you never hear these people describe the abortion procedure. Oh, they like to talk about conscience and rights, freedom. They love to talk about health care. But abortion, in the very act of defending it, they run away from it. Look at abortion.org. Go ahead, Rosa DeLauro. Go to that webpage. Just spend five minutes. Look at the pictures of what you're defending. Oh, no, 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 no. You won't do that, will you? You won't do that, will you? You don't want your constituents doing that either, do you? These people, brothers and sisters, are bad news. So when the Lord talks about remove the wooden beam from your eye first, well, of course, we got to make sure that we are responding the right way to the tragedy of abortion. Are we speaking up enough? Are we doing enough to save the babies? Are we being generous to pro-life organizations? Are we participating in pro-life activities? Are we getting the wooden beam out of our own eye? Are we seeing these issues clearly? Are we voting pro-life? Or are we electing these, 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 these disgraceful clown show that's, that's called the Democrat Party these days? Remove the wooden beam from your eye first. Okay, get away from these people. And then secondly, then you'll see clearly to remove the splinter from your brother's eye. If we don't try removing these splinters, if we don't try correcting these people, if we don't admonish these sinners... Well, then we're failing in our responsibility. They may or may not convert. When, when, when God says to Isaiah that he wants them to be a watchman for the house of Israel, he says, you know, they might not listen to you. But if you warned them, you've saved your own soul. They might end up in destruction because of the evil they did. I will hold them responsible. But you, having warned them, will save yourselves. If you don't warn the sinner and they go off and sin, they will die, but I will hold you responsible for their ruin.
So that's a pretty serious responsibility. So let's not misuse this passage. God forgive those who keep misusing this passage about do not judge. God forgive them because they are twisting Scripture in a very horrendous way that has very bad consequences, both physically when it comes to abortion and for the eternal salvation of those that are misled. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today because we know we are living among a, amidst an intense battle between good and evil. Lord, it manifests itself in the political battle. It manifests itself in the halls of Congress when when you have this disgrace of a group of people standing up for baby killing, it manifests itself in so many ways. And Lord, we are ready for this battle. And Lord, we ask you to fill us with love. Let us be generous in the way that we think of others, in the way that we speak, and in the way that we give. Lord God, we always want to give the best interpretation to people's actions. And we also want to be able to warn people about the destructive impact of their sins. May we be a light to the path of others, pointing out the right way, urging people to avoid the wrong way, and at the same time, always putting the first responsibility on repenting of our own sins, even as we urge others to repent of theirs. May we never blur the distinction between sin and virtue, May we never fail to call out sin, but Lord, may we never fail to respond each day to the grace by which you want to make us holier, by which you call us to be more faithful, because we have sinned. We have aborted your will in various ways in our lives. We are sorry, and we want to do better today. Let's pray now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Friends, I hope you can join me for the Praying for America tonight uh, at 8 o'clock. I was with President Trump over the weekend, and uh, he gave a great speech Saturday night at the Faith and Freedom Coalition's uh, Road to Majority Conference, at which I spoke. And I want to play you some clips from President Trump where he speaks about, uh, the, uh, speaks about the abortion issue and uh, speaks, as always, about the, the greatness of America and how we have to preserve that greatness. Uh, join me tonight and every weeknight at 8 p.m. for Praying for America. And keep tuned in to our other programming, too, at various times of the day. Tell other people about our scripture reflections that we do each morning, and you can help us grow this online community that loves God's Word and that loves the gift of life. Thank you for joining me, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.